This is a special edition podcast takeover. Warning, the following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Greetings, ghouls! It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. Alright. No normal mind can imagine. Okay, so, to bring it to a weird tangent, in a tangent, within a tangent. It's skewed into this tangent. We are... Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Welcome. Yeah, we're live. Fans of the dead. Podcast is going to sound a little different today. I don't think it sounds different. We're pretending to be somebody else. We are somebody else. Yes, I see where you're going with this. My name is not Marcus. I'm definitely not Anthony. Good. That's all they need to know. (laughs) So, you were listening to another episode from the Fans of the Dead. And we have some fun fledged activities for us today. First of all, Marcus, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm living the dream. Living the dream, my friend. Um, I'm very excited that Central Massachusetts has uh, refound its traffic. Sure did. Especially in the rain. That's a, uh, well, you know, I'm actually one of those people right now that, like, I'm, like, way behind on my tire care. So, Ah, like, the the rain actually is not friendly to me right now, especially when I'm driving a car. It's probably 10 pounds. I think it's more or less the stopping, right? But, yeah, we had some uh, some rando stoppage today where, like, you know, just all hell would break loose. So, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about traffic returning to Massachusetts. It's uh, it's been long, like, long-weighted return for that. Like if we lost anything in this uh, this uh, COVID pandemic situation, it was traffic, <laughs> and I call that a crime against humanity. Almost we, like you're living, almost like it? you're living in a fantasy at all times. Right, right. And, I mean, I never really needed to worry about traffic, but that's you know that's different. I so, go to work at three o'clock in the morning. So, so as far as my immediate day, that's all I really have to talk about. That that's it. That's all I have to say about that. All right, that's that's cool. Um, well, let's see. And to start, I believe the, I will, we have a movie review today. Um. We do. We do. And per usual, we always like to have some sort of recipe. Am I correct? I believe we do. I believe we do. To kind of go along with, with the movie. This is a recipe for disaster. Um, the movie we're actually, uh, reviewing, or watched and reviewed, and will now display to you in a vocal pattern. Uh, is the movie Terrifier, 2016. Marcus, if you were in a culinary aspect, how would you uh, take this movie into consideration? So my recipe for disaster, is that what you're asking me yes, for? My yes. recipe for disaster. More so, or less. So um, carefully considering the uh, the situation that was uh, presented to us via Terrifier, now there wasn't a lot of character characters eating like a, a whole lot of food type items i mean there was particular. pizza but that's boring yeah there's pizza but you know anybody, anybody can make a pizza so like we had to go we had to like go deep into the uh the roots of this movie to like come up with uh with this fabulous recipe and the recipe that we're going to come up with i'll just go ahead and give you the title for it it is going to be split chick roasted breast 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or roasted split chick breast. Right, with the skin on, right? Skin on, bone in, definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely bone in, skin on. Absolutely. And... Like I, I was kind of like I was kind of go like thinking about this. I was like, well, how am I going to present this to a, a podcast audience? Well, the first thing I want you guys to do is like we're going to actually go over some preparation items for this particular one. What you're going to want to do is you're going to take your chicken breast before you split it. You're going to want to spread it like as wide as you possibly mm-hmm. can. Now you want to you're going to want to go at that with a hacksaw. Right. Well, you want to clean off all the fat first, right? Yeah, you can trim. You okay. can trim. We're trim. not we're not complete animals. Okay, that's that's not right. complete animals okay. here. Absolutely trim. Like nobody eats chicken fat. That's, no, that's if you weird. if you are that's weird. Like get help. So we're gonna go at this with the hacksaw, kids. We're gonna stop at the. We're gonna start at the top of the breast, and you're just gonna saw your way right to, right to that until you get to the point where you get the split chick mm-hmm, mm-hmm. breast. Of course. All right. Now again, bone in, skin on. Of course. Plus, you can't make chicken without the bone in it, guys. That's true. Like, that's yes. where all the flavor comes from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I have a culinary master to my right, but like I'll tell, I'll I'll say how I would kind of work my my, my my chick breast. I would like uh, just slightly rub that with some olive oil. Mm-hmm, I definitely, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, salt, pepper. Like those are all. I don't know if it's staples. fully virgin oil, but you know it's fine. We don't have to go into details. It could be well in the mm-hmm. this particular flick. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, let's go with the canola. It's probably uh, dirty. Dirty the oil, the better. Right? <laughs> I was gonna say heavily soiled olives. We'll just pull it out um, of the fryer later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, used vegetable oil. This is what you can. Uh-huh. But don't do that at home. That'd be no, gross. gross, and it's probably bad for your health. No. Um, We're not condone that. Now, depending on my mood, you can go like an Italian seasoning. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't really an eth- ethnicity to this oh, movie. Yeah. I would say. I would say just like dumb, dumb lady. Dumb lady, dumb lady show. Okay, dumb lady show. Okay, <laughs> dumb lady show. Provence, that's from, but it's yeah, fine. maybe like a little sweetness, maybe like a sweet honey glaze or like uh-huh. a cherry glaze or something, mm-hmm. like something that would like appeal to like a clown. You're just gonna roast that like all nicely, skin on, of course. You want to get that skin nice and crispy because we do love the, we do love us some skin. Mm-hmm. But a the re- skin. the recipe that I came up that I could just pull out of this movie and it took me all of like thirty seconds to figure this out was the roasted split chick breast. Beautiful. Skin on. Bone skin, in. Bone in, skin on. Beautiful. And once you see the movie, you'll never eat chicken breast ever again. <laughs> You're welcome. Or pizza, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we'll start talking about the movie a little bit, uh, kind of its backstory a little bit. I like, it. like I said originally, yes, that's some good whiskey, by the way. We are enjoying oh, not... The, sorry. Uh, um, oh, crap. What, what's their word for I digress? Oh, that's oh, a good question. Oh, I, I just heard him say it, too, because I was, I was listening to them on my way over here. Our, uh, our, our pseudo-selves. Yes, our, our second dimension of ourselves. Crap, I can't remember what he says. Tangent. Something about a tangent. I mean, you're going off on a tangent. Or ter- tangent. Crap. I don't think it's crap. I think that's incorrect. No, I'm just disappointed myself for forgetting this. Just yelling, right? Um, so I guess we're gonna keep the uh, the old fashioned. I digress. No, right, yeah, we can we can make um, that kind of <laughs> pop pop over. But this um this addition that we've added to this uh, Woodford Woodford Reserve is uh the maple was maple, maple bacon maple bacon. It is an, a ad- cocktail syrup. An addition to the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Which... Gives it a little bit of poop. Not poop, but like a like a boop. That was a bad word to use. Probably wouldn't use poop. There's no poop in that. Maybe later. You maybe can, there is. Maybe know. later you can explain to me these whiskey rocks because this is actually a new concept for me. Yeah. All right. So, um, this movie is an American slasher film. If you haven't, you know, 
seen the cover, it kind of gives that away. Uh, 2016. I'm going to read off the back of the box. Um, big words at the bottom. It says art is back or art's back. Art is back. Just to, just to clarify, second second installment of Technically, this. Technically, uh... second, third-ish. I'll, I'll, I'll go a little more into that. But uh, the back of the box says a manacle clown terrorizes three young women, which, I mean, that's, that's more than that, but that's fine, on Halloween night and everyone else who stands in his way. I suppose that those pe- other people that aren't the three young women, I don't know if they stood in his way. They were just in his presence, I guess. Right. M- more or less, I guess. Right. Uh, so this movie was, like I said before, released 2016. It was written, co-produced, and directed by Damien. I'm going to probably mess this all up, but Leone? L-E-O-N-E. Leone? That sound right? It could just be Leone. Could be a silent E in the, at the back. It could be a silent anything. Alone. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. Now, now, now that man's name depresses me. <laughs> uh, some of the cast members we have playing Tara Hayes, which is the sort of main girl for like the first half. Uh, Jenna Kennel. We get Samantha. So, Jesus. Samantha Scafitti as Victoria Hayes, being the sister, kind of coming in the second half. Uh, Catherine. Corsoran, I'm going to assume that's right, as uh, Dawn, the friend, and, and the, uh, the the recipe for today. Um, and David Howard Thornton, which props to this guy, played Mr. Art the Clown, which was the main terrifier. Deep-seated issues. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, this I, I movie, hope anyway. This movie, uh, it's an independent film. For the most part, it had a budget of a hundred thousand dollars. So it's pretty small. I for, mean, for a movie, yes. Yeah, I mean, in reality, there wasn't a lot to it. You know what I mean? Like you had the practical effects and stuff like that, but there was nothing like flashy. There was nothing. A lot of good cinematographer work uh, done by George Stuber, uh, but that was pretty much what I think made the the art, quote unquote, no sure, pun sure, intended, of, I mean, of it. You know what I mean? What what was refreshing about it, like in my opinion, was is it wasn't like a whole lot of like flashy, like computer generated, like right. special effects. Like this was like lighting and like mm-hmm. actually producing like a scene, mm-hmm. like kind of a thing. Like you're actually making atmosphere, yeah. Like with it with these. I think it it represents and it and it follows that you know like your Friday the Thirteenth and stuff like that, where it has just the practical effects. There's nothing flashy. It just does its job, and grosses you out. Um, this was produced by Epic Pictures and distributed. By Dread Central Presents. Uh, let's see. So, technically, Mr. Art uh, first appeared in the 2008 short film called The Ninth Circle, uh, which Leone also wrote and directed. And then, Leone wrote and directed a short film, oddly enough, called Terrifier, which featured the same clown in 2011. And then it was kind of all incorporated into a 2013 anthology film known as All Hallows Eve. So that's kind of pre, you know, this whole thing. Let's say All Hallows Eve is actually the, sh- the movie that's like right before this one. Technically, if you want to consider it a prequel, yes. Right. Gentleman um, I work with apparently is a big fan of this movie. Really? Well, that's cool. Brought it up. I didn't think you would have any idea what it was. He's like, dude, that's like the best movie ever. I love that movie. Okay, well, that's I'm good. like, oh, he's like, dude, you got to go see All Hallows Eve. Mm-hmm. Because like that was like the one like before it, and like they're yeah. coming out with like a new one like next year. Supposedly, yes. It's like, but 
I digress. Um, so before this, uh, 2015, uh, he actually launched a crowdfunding site to finance this movie. And filmmaker Phil Falcone uh, actually provided the funds in exchange for a producer credit. Sure. So You know what I mean? Just kind of doing that thing. So, yeah, you uh, paid for it. I made it. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, if it works, it works, I guess. And uh, a year after that, this was actually um, presented at the Telluride Horror Show Film Festival. Which is essentially where I think it kind of came to light and grabbed a few more audiences. Nice. I mean, and that's any of the like the horror film festivals. I mean, you, it's all the independent stuff. You know what I mean? Those are the, that's how you kind of get into the, the network of the horror movies. Sure. Very um, popular genre among the independents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, kind of going back to what we were saying, you can make it practical. You don't need a lot of stuff. To have someone, I mean, people stab people all the time in real life. You don't need... It's right up there with amateur porno- pornography. I mean, yeah, and more or less. <laughs> I mean, actually, those kind of sometimes coincide, but that's a different story. We won't go into that. But when you go independent film-wise, though, it's artsy. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> ah. ah, see what I did there? All right. Warned. Go back. Go back and watch <laughs> yeah, right. it. You've been warned. Uh, so the movie starts off. Now we're going to tell you everything. Well, I mean, yeah, for the most part. Everything. Uh, so Monica Brown, a talk show host, uh, interviews a severely disfigured woman who was the sole survivor of a massacre that took place the previous Halloween. Uh, Brown mentions that the body of the killer known as Art the Clown uh, disappeared from the morgue. Uh, suggesting that he is still alive. Uh, however, the disfigured woman insists that she saw him die. No foreshadowing there at all. Uh, after the show, um, I guess Monica's in you know her dressing room and she's on the phone with I forget who. Um, like her producer or her like agent that. or yeah. something. And but like... she actually was insulting because the woman kind of went crazy a little bit during the interview. Yeah, she was going bas- basically in the basic bitch. Uh, reporter mode. It's like, yeah. oh, you should have seen this person. And yeah, like, and ugh. like it's so creepy when she was looking at me. At least I think she was looking at me, but I couldn't really tell. Yeah, she has no eyes. Uh, but essentially, she hears kind of a noise coming from the uh, coat rack or clothing rack in the back, and then said woman kind of shows up and then just gouges Miss Monica's eyes out, just out of nowhere. Like, just says, "You t- time for you to die." She was actually offended. I think. Yeah, maybe. And. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just rude, I guess, in I, reality. I, I mean, props for sticking up for yourself. Yeah, I mean, that shows something, I guess. Maybe a little less stabby-stabby. I mean, I feel like there's a little more punchy-punchy. Uh, little ways to go around that to avoid the murdering situation. In all fairness, she could have just sat and <clears throat> stayed in the closet and just kept making noises. I mean, just creep her the fuck out, right? Right, it probably would have had the same effect. Probably. Um, fun fact, this g- gouging of the eyes seems to be a theme. And and face manipulation seems to be a big thing in this movie. Okay, we can from go over everybody. It. I have a theory behind this. We can okay. go over it. It's going to be very deep. It's going to be very alcohol driven. Good. That's the only way I can drive. 
Uh, so after this whole nonsense uh, kind of goes into the main part of the movie. So it's Halloween night. Two friends, Tara and Don, leave a Halloween party and uh, drunkenly wander back to Don's car. Um, kind of, I think Don kind of like is pretty more fucked up than than the Tara one. But uh, she's kind of hanging on the car a little bit, so they're you know trying to figure who's gonna drive, blah 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 blah. And they're like, oh, well, maybe if we get food first, you know. And they notice a right, man. They come, they come to that conclusion, like the the quote unquote responsible one versus the <laughs> quote unquote blonde. Yeah. Not, re- not, not responsible one. Uh, so, mind you, kind of in between all this, there's little snippets of the clown kind of suiting himself up. And grabbing tools, quote unquote, and throwing them in this big trash bag, in which he just kind of throws over his shoulder, and just kind of sets walking around. The greatest trash bag known to mankind. Because <laughs> I like, mean, hefty, 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 right? Like I've I've spent good money on trash bags before, and like one semi sharp object right through the bottom. Oh yeah, I mean the shit this man has in here too. It's all sharp objects. Right, so it's like, like, it's like it's like a machete. A chainsaw. A hacksaw. <laughs> no, ch- um, no, no chainsaw. No chainsaw. Kidding. Minus the chain, essentially. That, that I recall. Anyway. Chainless saw, uh, I guess. Uh, so he actually shows up kind of in like an alleyway in the back. Kind of, they kind of meet eyes. And he just, you know, does the staring thing. But, for, you know, and, you know, what's uh, Tara is kind of like, oh, you know, it's kind of fucked up. Like, why is that guy staring at us? But then Don, being in her drunken state... It's like calling him like cute and like calling him over like, hey, maybe he can help us. Hey. And, you know, he's just staring. And uh, I think they look away or sit, something goes by and then they look back and Mr. Mr. Clown's gone. Then uh, what's amazing about these two girls, they found like probably the only alley in the city, like wherever it was based in. That has zero other people <laughs> coming weird. from a Halloween party. Yeah, especially and, in Halloween. And this looks like kind of college age to me. So I would have said yeah. that this probably would have been like on a college campus, but yep. it, maybe they were like raving in like, you know, abandoned buildings or like whatnot. Because mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, just got to put all the stuff together, folks. It's just, it's one of those things. It just feels like if in a normal situation you saw the said clown guy, I would have probably gone in the car. I would have sobered up real quick, first I, of all. I probably would have said, not, hey. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have made myself noticeable to it. Hey, friend. But I definitely would have left because the car is right there. Drunk or not, even if I got a little bit farther away from him, probably would have rolled Yeah, I'm not even afraid of clowns, and that would have been a little extreme for me. It's just just creepy. Um, So they end up uh, going to a pizza place, sitting at the table, and then guess who decides to... Which is kind of neat because most slasher movies, you don't see the slasher a lot. Like, he kind of appears out of nowhere and stab... Or he's, like, standing creepily in the back. This motherfucker just walks in and just sits at the table next to him and just stares at him. Yeah, this guy's like, this is my movie. I'm going to be the main yeah. character. What, and You're like, going to see a lot of me. Yeah, like, the trash bag hunked right next to him just sits there and he is just staring at Tara. Staring. And then, mind you, he starts doing, like, little smiles. Oh, uh, the smile? Kind of waving. The first smile was, like, adorable. Because, like... He's trying it, to be, like, cutesy. Arts... Facial expressions in this movie are spot on. Oh, I like, mean, that's I what makes him. I don't know how much like like detail they did with like the uh, making like things more you know like ex- eccentric. I guess would be the word right, for it. Right. But like his his manners, his facial expressions were like priceless. Yeah, for sure. That's my tangent. That's your tangent. Beautiful, beautiful tangent. Um, so he's still staring, staring, and uh, he actually goes over to. The little, you know, 
you know the vendors that they have the quarter vendors going on there yeah, yeah the little plastic he, ball prize yeah things. so he gets one of those it's a little ring goes over to tara and kind of presents it to her puts it on tries to put it on her finger uh-huh. Like, yep. And, you know, the other, you know, Don's all like, oh, he's so sweet, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes back and he kind of sits at his little corner. It's kind of like the... Continue staring. Will you be my victim tonight? More or less. More or less. That's exactly what he was thinking. They didn't say that in the movie, but... No, it, it, it's implied, maybe. It's like, will you let me murder you horribly tonight? Uh, so then Don decides to go over and take a picture with him. Because this always happens. Creepiest guy in the in the alley gets all the broads. And right here, I think this is the reason why he got so mad because she knocked off his hat. Yeah, that was the final straw. Once the hat like goes, like that, I think that was it. The tiniest like, little black top hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she knocked it off. Right, like there's one thing to sit on my lap without being invited. It's another thing to take a bunch of pictures. But you knock off my tiny little top hat. That's kind of like over the line. I'm probably gonna do something horrible to you later. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, so she takes a bunch of selfies, and then she, you know, more foreshadowing, sort of, kind of, she gives him a little boop on the nose before she walks back to her Oh, table. yes, yes. How things come around later. <laughs> Full circle. Mm-hmm. And mind you, the selfie is also a returning situation, too. Anyway, uh, after a short time of being mad creepy, um, Mr. Art goes into the bathroom in the back, in which... The owner of said pizzeria kind of kicks him out, sort of, and says that he's disgusting because I guess he shit everywhere. Yeah, you hear, you hear some expletive, expletives and get the fuck out of here, you freako. Like, he shit everywhere in that bathroom. It made the fry cook clean it up. Yeah, it's never good to be on the bottom of the restaurant business. <laughs> no. Um, so, kind of kicks him out. Doesn't see him. Throws his bag out. Hold on, Picks his bag up off of the like the bench uh, booth seating that he was sitting at and probably had no recollection that all the sharp, clangy objects that were in this bag right. and just chucks it at him. Uh, pretty much after that, <clears throat> excuse me, wow, that's rude. Uh, the girls head back to the car and notice, as any horror slasher cliche fashion, the tires have been slashed. Unbelievable. Didn't expect that. Bad neighborhood kids. Right? Definitely not clown related. So Tara calls her sister, who is studying for midterms, Mm -hmm. and is rudely interrupted by her roommate and roommate's love interest, maybe? (laughs) Who knows? There's a lot of slurping noises, so... And the only semi-awkward sex scene you're going to see in said movie... With no real detail to it. <laughs> no, none at all. Uh, so, calls her to come pick her up. Of course, it's going to take a little bit. So, while they're waiting, Tara decides she has to pee. Correct. Now... Instead of going back to the pizza, public pizza place, that mm-hmm. like, was like literally the right side of said... Or even just popping a squat, which that was brought up, but she will not do. Mm. My fiance does it all the time. Yeah. Well, Get a couple of beers in her, she'll pee anywhere. Yeah, well, we gotta go, man. You gotta go. So, go. kind of going away from anyone, especially being a female in a creepy neighborhood, she sees some random stranger hanging out who comes as a term to be a pest control worker just hanging outside. 
So she said, you know what? I'm going, gonna out, go, going out for a smoke. I'm going to go ask him if I can use the bathroom in that creepy building. Mm-hmm. If that's not a red flag. I'm not sure what is. Uh, like if it was me, if it was an option between peeing in the street and going in that building, even if I did not have the equipment that I, I would have carried. peed in the car, I, man. Like, yeah, just let it fly, man. Like, that's cool. So, But she didn't know she was in a horror film at this point. So, yeah, like, I mean, the clown didn't cre- give that away. There's nothing creepy about this, so... <laughs> Uh, so this is Mike, the pest control worker. Oddly enough, I believe a prior uh, host of this show sort of looks like him, with a relatively close to the same name. Mike looks like Mike. Mike hasn't been telling us everything. <laughs> uh, also played by Matt McAllister, which honestly, this man is not a good actor. No offense, any way, shape, or form. The rat guy? Yeah. Oh, God, no. He's just not very good at it. <laughs> Nope. It's very dry, very just like reading lines. Like My guess would be he's actually a legit exterminator. <laughs> probably. And probably hopefully a lot better at that. And uh, Mr. Director came over and be like, here, read this for me. <laughs> More or less. They just found him. He was probably doing pet control for the studio <laughs> and was like, hey, can we borrow you for a second? No offense, buddy. You, you did you did all right, sort of. No, you didn't. <laughs> I mean everything I meant said. Uh, so uh, following up. She asked him to use the bathroom, and, you know, he's like, well, blah, 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 I'm not allowed to do that, it's not my building, X, Y, Z, but... It's not my building, you'll you'll interrupt the zero tenants that are in this place. Yeah, and the one job that he has. Um, So, essentially, finally gives in, and they go to probably the grossest bathroom I could think of. And I'm still trying to figure out what this building is. She asked him, like, wait outside or something, or, like, wait, like, wait... Like outside yeah, the room. Yeah, because he was like, sure. "Do you want me to wait for you?" And she's like, "No, I'll figure it out." Like, and I would. Please help me get out of here. It's disgusting. I mean, based on what's upstairs, it's definitely like a tenant building. But, but based on what's like, downstairs, like I don't know. It's either like, it's either it's like a like, a, like or... a mechanic like a mechanic shop, or it's just the biggest com- compilation of boiler rooms I've ever seen. <laughs> like put strange. in one space in my life. Like this place is all heat, no AC. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Heat and hot water. That's all we got here, kids. Uh, so she ends up using said bathroom and she's trying to find a way. And she hears this weird, like, baby noise. Like a, like a crying sort of, kind of. Mm. And then I believe one of the tenants, who is played by... I'm going to mess this up because I don't think... I assume it's some maybe Indian or kind of name, but it's Puya uh, Moseni. Which he's credited as, quote unquote, cat lady. I don't remember any cats. Nope. But I think we were talking about this like even when we were watching the movie. Like we couldn't figure out if this lady was like a squatter. Yeah. Or if she actually was one of the tenants, because she was always like downstairs, like amongst all of these boiler With, rooms. With like a, one of the shopping carts. Right. It's like boiler room, boiler room, her room, boiler room, yeah. boiler room. <laughs> and she has uh in her arms cradled an infant child. Which to most normal people, is also a doll. Porcelain. Uh, porcelain. None, none, nonetheless, yes. which is uh, makes this movie even way creepier. We <laughs> thought it was bad when the clowns came in, but they put porcelain dolls in this shit. Now I know these people are messed up in the head. Yes, pretty much. Um, so kind of a snippet outward. Um, returns to the pizzeria where um, the guy who was cleaning up the shit is, you know, talking shit because he has to clean it up. Being mm-hmm. the culinary guy, not very sanitary to do this too, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's calling for his boss, can't find him, 
and then he sees his head, which is not attached to that man's body anymore. And it's a counter centerpiece, maybe. Y- yeah, uh, okay. yeah. Yep. But so, like, I don't understand the effect. I see what they're going for because it's supposed to look like a jack o' lantern, sort of, because the eyes and the mouth have like fire in it. Kind of looks like a melted wax <clears throat> head. I mean, that's probably what it was. But <laughs> well, I'm not trying to give all, all the secrets. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we have yeah. a little bit for the imagination. But essentially, what the idea was supposed to look like a jack o' lantern. I guess that was the idea presented but it didn't like make sense to me whatever just oddly deformed that's all i was saying like like almost melty squishy yeah um and then art shows up behind him and stabs the guy a lot in the face a lot directly in the face Mm -hmm. a lot like no jugular no heart all face a lot of face again following this theme cheekbones Mm -hmm. skulls yeah tor Although, looking back on it, probably a horrible way to die. All for making pizza. Yeah, right? What a shitty way to go. And he actually worked the whole day. What a waste. Yeah, can't you kill me before the shift? At like, least. why do I have to work, like, the whole shift before yeah, I get killed? Least, you know, yeah. save me that. You gotta get axed at, like, 11 in the morning. Um. So, going back to Miss Tara, this art is uh, very sneaky-sneaky because her trying to get out of said building finds the front door locked. With multiple padlocks. Yeah, chains. Like, mm-hmm. ten, 10 degree chain. Which, yeah. 10 grade. 10 grade. Something something big. <laughs> something big. <laughs> uh, and runs into uh, art inside said building. In which there's this very long, drawn out cat and mouse scene. Between like, now it's like a parking lot, sort of. But it's like an indoor parking lot, kind of. There's a bunch of junk cars around, right? Yeah, well, this place clearly has a uh, parking garage underneath because, like, if you, like, if, by assessment on the outside, I mean, <clears throat> proper accommodations are definitely required for any tenant of said space. Yeah. Uh, so it goes on for a while. Plus, it helps our narrative for the uh, horror movie. And, uh, in all fairness, I feel like it's just dragged out to give movies some more time in it because it's very, like, like, she just stands behind the same car. And doesn't leave behind that car. And he already knows where she is. Uh, the, ch- the, ch- the chase and hide and seek in this movie. It's 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 rough. It's not very clever. I'm going to hide behind this curtain. Once I know that he's gone, I'm going to stay behind said curtain. <laughs> I'm actually going to give him time to go ax somebody else before I try to make a move. Yeah, yeah. One of those. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I can't speak for Marcus, but I've seen so many horror movies where it's like, it becomes like... You know what's gonna happen, and you notice these things. I think even when we were watching it, I made the comment: "It's like this is about the time we run upstairs." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's stuff like that. <laughs> Climb a ladder. Uh, so this is a weird scene to me because at one second she's standing there looking for said clown, and then all of a sudden the clown is in her leg with a scalpel. Yes. Out of nowhere. Right in the like, Achilles. Right in the Achilles. And she just like looks down, and he's already in there. It's very weird. Like there's yeah, no, again like, multiple stabs like stab 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 like right in the Achilles mm-hmm. and it's it's just a, it's a weird transition that he just literally like materialized right there there was no like sneak up or boop in the back her NFL career is over <laughs> it sure is <laughs> um so goes up um somehow still runs mind you with this blown out Achilles well. 
that's the uh, body trying to protect itself. So, like, yeah, when the, in the, imminent the, the danger. Adrenaline, the adrenaline. Yeah, like, the adre- like being a superhero. Like, when somebody's crushed by a car, you can pick it up with your two hands. Like, she can pretty much fly right now on <laughs> zero Achilles. Yep. And probably no right leg strength, like, whatsoever. Uh, Never ends- mind the bleeding out stuff. Like, yeah. that's not even. Ends up uh, running upstairs to see. Uh, yes, up the stairs, exactly. <laughs> see uh, Mike with, of course, as classic horror. Uh, obliviousness, he's on, got his headphones on, just bombing away. iPad's ruining the world. And she is just yelling. Doesn't want to walk up and touch him, just yelling at him. And before he gets to him, snatch. Art comes up, and I believe he hits her with a, a needle, knocks her out. Yes. I believe that was the, uh, the thing there. Um... Now, Tara reawakens after being drugged and is bound to a chair, in which the clown kind of, like, fucks with her a little bit with the saw. Like, he puts it around her neck and just kind of, like, teases a little bit and, like, kind of goes and... Yeah, it started, like, small, right? Then he have, like, a knife or something. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, It was yeah. kind of, like, kind of, like, just... It's like, oh, it's messing around, yeah. Like, uh, just playing with her uh, a little bit. Like, are you into this? Is this, <laughs> like... And she's, you know... Horrified, mind you, the bleeding I think stopped. I mean, a normal situation, I feel like you would already bled out, but that's we don't talk about the medical stuff. Well, her stagehands have excellent medical care. So. <laughs> ah, yes. So, or makeup people ran out of red. One of the two. It could be. The uh, Mr. Art decides to walk forward, and in front of her is a sheeted mass. I guess kind of hanging there. Can't see what's behind it. He yeah, walks. we're gonna go behind curtain number one because <laughs> you're not interested in my hacksaw. Yep, so... Around your neck, apparently. Yeah. So, okay, fine. Yep, so fine. we're going we're gonna to go to uh, round two here. And pulls down said curtain right in front of her. And lo and behold, her friend, Miss Dawn, is upside down. And the only completely naked scene you're going to get out yeah, of this indie film. Not completely. There's still one... Well, it does rem- be removed at one point, but they don't show that aspect. Naked enough. Yeah. Uh, so she's upside down, and this is this happens a lot in horror movies, and this is a slight tangent here, which I find weird, is whenever there's a person that's hiding behind something, usually hung up, they don't make any sound until they're revealed. Well, they're not on at that point. It's like, I have to wait for my director to actually <laughs> to say actually, action, action. Yeah. before I am actually able to. You- but it could also be, I call I like to call this a parrot effect. So if you put the the uh, the black uh, it goes blanket, asleep. it goes asleep. Ah, so you put if you if you're hanging upside down like and like all tied up and shit, and once the curtain goes, it's like oh well I'm safe right now. He's like, like nothing's gonna hurt me right now because like obviously this That's guy like is your like your blankets when you're in bed. You go over the covers, they can't get attention. Right, he, he's like he's like looking for attention. So like as long as this curtain is hanging, I'm gonna live. Yeah, yeah, we're good. That's a fair way to look at it. But then it's like the curtain drops. It's like oh crap. This is shit. Just got real. <laughs> no, it's gonna get real. All right. It's like I feel like I've only been hanging here for like ten minutes. Like, ah, uh, so in this awkward scene, um, removes the undergarment. He's got the hacksaw, and uh, he just starts from from the uh, the baby factory. I don't know how to put this without sounding, you know. Um, trying to think. Just think it. about it. The legs are hung up. The appro- Heads at the ground, the, the legs ap- are wide. The appropriate word for right in the middle. Split and crack. Yeah. Like, but you have to like put like both of them like, and just yeah. Yeah, and like that, the hacksaw just goes in. 
full on wood blade too. Like the, the, mm-hmm. that thing had teeth on it, man. It was it probably rusty. Like it, it wasn't. Was... It wasn't like a metal blade that has mm-hmm. like the little teeth. No, this one had claws. Mm-hmm. And he just starts sawing, down, yeah. down, down, and down. She stayed alive for this for a remarkably well, long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, like I said, you can remove someone's head and they're alive for like thirty-five seconds or something like that. But. That'll be a good one for Mythbusters. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just a matter of getting the person to do it. Uh, <laughs> We're going to cut your head off, bro. <laughs> it's cool. It's for TV, though. It's for TV. You'll be famous. Uh, so it goes all the way down. Pretty much splits like the bottom of her jaw, sort of, and it's just like it's right st- to like the nose, right? Yeah, it gets stuck right in the skull. Can, yeah. can do anything else with it. Now, this is what I brought this up uh, while we were watching it. What kind of ungodly strength do you have to hacksaw through an entire physical body? I feel like this uh, movie was done in time lapse because I feel like they would have taken like a couple more like, like forward thrusts, taken. like kind of a thing. Like you, you got to think like every vertebrae is gonna probably cost you at least five to ten. Right. And I mean, this dude was like through this girl in, like five swipes. And and I I, I listened to a lot of. <laughs> Like true crime, and when you talk about like all the people who actually caught up bodies and stuff, like it's a lot of work. It's not as easy as you think. It no, hacksaws suck. It's the worst thing. It's oh. the, like the worst tool ever, especially if you have to like go through something like solid and like actually work at it. Um, think about the scene that like I hate to say I hate to use the word laugh. The thing that makes me laugh about this scene is like this dude's like going down her neck, and her friend is still behind her. No, please don't do it. No, don't. it's like, bro, she's dead. You were past the point. Of she's no fucking. She was gone. Fucking Splitsville ago. Splitsville. Like, <laughs> yeah. Once you got once you got to the chesticles, hey, like that that was it. Like she wasn't coming back from that. Yep. One. And if you notice, uh, after he gets to the bottom, he boops her on the nose. If you caught that. Oh yeah. Just like she did the him. Full circle. Yep. Uh, took a selfie even. That's after. Not there yet. Oh, I thought I took this. Oh, nope. Oh, nope. Sorry. Um. Close. I mean, so at this time, I don't know why it took us so long to actually start doing this, but Tara ends up breaking out of one of the like the legs. I think the leg snapped off. It's a wooden chair, and then she pretty much starts like trying to unbound herself. Art starts noticing, kind of makes his way over, and she ends up like smacking him in the head with the leg or whatever, kind of quote unquote knocking him out. Now, first mistake of any horror movie: when you knock <laughs> someone out like that, finish him. Exactly. If I learned anything from Mortal Kombat. Right. It's like. He might be like slightly, slightly like, like down. tuned There's up right now. There's multiple weapons around you. Just get it done with, man. Like then but, you're like, good. The first attack is like, dude, he's gonna wake up in, like five minutes. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have a headache, but like yeah. he's right. he, he's gonna know what happened. And you even know he was still. Even if he had like a stick, man, just just you gotta just, just keep going. Keep landing that thing home. We can watch this for two hours. <laughs> right. Uh, so essentially, she kind of like runs out. He ended up catching up to her, and I think she got like a. Was it like a big piece of wood? No, she ended up stabbing him in the back because he was on top of her. And then he, she got this big, looked like like a train track log. And yeah, it was like a four by six. With it. And he's like <laughs> on the ground. And she's like, you know, talking shit at this point. Like, you know, like, come at me, blah, 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 blah. Yo, what's up? And then. West side. <laughs> what I think is a complete cheap shot. He pulls a gun out and shoots her. Yeah, it's like fine, like whatever. Let me just pull this out of my. Like, I feel like that's cheating. 
That'd be like if you watched a Jason movie and he had just pulled out a fucking, you know. I'll tell you what, though. It's unexpected because, it like, he was, like, considering how he was torturing everybody so far, like, he was getting, like, real creative and, like, really putting, like, the, uh, the legwork in. Mm-hmm. But this bitch is like, dude, you just knock me out once. I come up and find you. You just hit me with, like, a fucking railroad tie for pretty much. It's like, ugh. I, I can actually feel the anguish on his face. Like, when he gets up, he just rolls his eyes yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah, he, he reaches, into it, reaches into his, his boot, and fine, I'll just fucking shoot you. Mm-hmm. Mind you, the, in facial, the, kneecap. the facial expressions throughout this whole thing are just, like, spot on. That's what I'm saying. Instant disappointment. Like, yeah, <sighs> he just, he's, like, upset about it. He's like, Christ. <sighs> he's like, you're kind of taking the fun out of this. I'm just going to shoot you in the kneecap. Yep. Bang, bang. And then goes over to her. She's laying on the ground. Another weird thing. And she shoots her right in the face. Right in the cheek. But I don't know if this is, like, the weakest gun in the world. That was a cheek, right? Like, yeah. because, yeah, like, it, like, stopped, yeah. like, right there. It's like... But all it was was a tiny hole in the cheek. I feel like it would have shattered something. I'm not a gun expert, but... Say, not to jump ahead of the spoilers. Later on, it's going to blow somebody's head completely off. But, right. like, this time, it doesn't even get through that cheekbone. Yeah, it's very strange. Which and it's point blank. It's le- not even, like, far away. Leads me to believe cosmetics. <laughs> Maybe all the makeup from her costume... Right. I'm just kind of blocked it off. Bitch done. Made yourself plastic. Right? Uh, so, after the first shot, he tries to shoot again and runs out of ammo. Why you'd carry two bullets and a gun is weird if you have prep time, but that's whatever. Yeah, this is turning into like the completely most annoying murder night ever. So, again with the eye roll. Takes his time because she's pretty much laying there. She's still alive. Walks back. Grabs his ammo. And this is when he takes a selfie on his way back. Because the bag is next to um, the, the Don, who's hanging hanging from her thing. Still still half and half, sort of, for the most part. Uh, so he goes over with her phone, because her stuff's nearer. Yep, yep. Takes a selfie. Puts the bag, goes to fill his ammo. And receives, receives a... Oh, no, that's not yet. I apologize. There's so many scenes that look the same. Uh, she goes back, and he goes back, and then starts laying rounds in her face. And at this point, which so, which is weird, because the cat lady actually hears the shots. And she's like, oh, like, said something like, it's a tough night or something like that, I don't remember. Just holding the baby, being all creepy. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of hushing it down, which is still not real, but it's fine. Hey, no gunshots in the other room. Like, normal day. It's fine. Normal day in the neighborhood. But Nothing then there. she walks out and sees him lying shots into this woman's face, it's and like, she oh. loses her hamburgers. You know, it was weird because, like, leading up to this point, you actually kind of think that, like, she's actually maybe like in on it. Yeah, like, she might it be like, like whether it be like re- and... related, and like she's like talking earlier. It's like, oh, I really think you're gonna like it here. Yeah. Like, it's like... Like, yeah. she's been there forever. It's like, yeah, like, we're going to trap you in our freaking hole, like, you know, like, House of a Thousand Corpse style. Right, right. But apparently... Apparently not. So apparently she not. freaks out, runs upstairs to Mike again, who's in the same spot, <laughs> uh, doing his, his thing, runs over. She's freaking out. His badly attempted dialogue is just like, get away from me, you're crazy, don't touch me. Like, pushes her down. Yeah, he was very uncompassionate about, like, this whole situation. Right. He was pretty could not care less because she was, quote-unquote, some kind of junkie, whatever. Uh, so they they make their way downstairs because he's trying to get her out of the building. And then Art decides to show up again and smashes him in the head with a hammer. It was a weird cut because there was no blood or impact. It was very bludgeoned. It was just, like, hammer, head... Scene change. There's Hammerhead no, like, guy falls. Yeah. 
two hits. It was very I weird. hit you, you hit floor. Um, so the the um, cat lady runs kind of back, and uh, ends up looking for a baby because she can't find the the doll, whatever. And uh, I, she's like downstairs because if she goes back to her home, sorta adult abode, whatever, and the baby's not there, so she's running around, running around. Ends up going down in this boiler room area with all like the HVAC and stuff. Oh, and yeah. Whatever. Yep, yep. Flues. New area to this place. Flues for days. And finds Mr. Art in the center of this dimly lit hallway, Indian style. This, oddly, this oddly rounded hallway. Cradling this doll. Yep. Which is, and like he's telling her to be quiet because you're being too loud. You're going to wake the yeah, baby. Yeah, gives her the. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's weird because it's. It's weird how he knows that that's a possession of hers when he hasn't been in the situation. You know what I mean? It's weird because right? now you have creepy clown holding porcelain dolls. So like this is like yeah. this is like level five of like get me the fuck out of this. Uh, so she's playing with him to return a child. You know, saying oh you're scaring her, blah blah blah, and he keeps telling her shh. And then she has an idea, I guess. The only thing I can say to that, though, like going back to like what you were just saying, like chances are, like he's kind of like moseying around, and like you know, while okay. she's doing her crying, like oh, we need help, people are getting killed. He's probably rifling through all of her shit right. and notices the very elaborate uh, situation with like the uh, stroller and a porcelain doll, like all done up in like proper dress and blankets and whatnot. He's like, oh, I could fuck really with this because this obviously means something to her. It's very possible. Uh, so. Her idea is to kind of be like the psychology in the situation, saying that, you know, there might be some good in them and all you need is some motherly compassion. <laughs> so she kind of goes over and he's kind of like giving into it. She's like hugging him. He puts like his hand to like cradling each other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then so that, that was like end scene, wasn't it? Like Essentially, it, it yeah. It like faded out and then... Um, and I actually missed a part when I was like, I was actually right when I said it before, when he goes to reload, uh, her sister is at the front of the building texting them and calling him. So he responds on the text message. Yeah. It's like, yeah. To her. We're inside. Come around the back. Yeah. Or she, she's sick or whatever. Come around back. Her sister's like, okay, whatever. So decides to go around back. Right. More dumb bitch action <clears throat> going on here. Like one, you want to go <laughs> pee in this building Two, I'm going to go look for my missing people. So I would have called the police by that point. Anyway, uh, so this part, I think my personal opinion, over even over the the saw situation, is the most disturbing part. So, the uh, her sister's kind of looking around, ends up going downstairs and finds what is oopsies, what is said to be her, supposedly her sister on the ground, because it's got hair. All you see is like the back. It's got like a blanket on her. Yeah. And like the the dark hair and just kind of looks like she's hurt. And, you know, for some reason, the sister instantly thinks it's her sister. And it's like, okay, we'll get help. We'll get help. And then she looks over and sees the crazy cat lady with no scalp and her boobs are gone. Yeah. Like the whole square around the boobs gone. Come to find out who's wearing those two things is Art, who is artfully, mind you, laid himself to look like her sister and he, like, gets up, and he's completely nude, like Marilyn Manson style, or even Silence of the Lamb style, and he's got the hair that's her scalp on the ground, and the boobs attached to him. And he is twirling that hair around. Uh, the, uh... And it's really creepy. The striptease you'll never, you'll never <laughs> be able to get <laughs> it's, past, it's ever. It's stripped, all right. 
Uh, so like he's like following her, but he's not running. He's like kind of like, you know, getting all like pretty and like, he's like putting on like a burlesque show. Yeah, essentially. And she's like, I need to leave because yeah, is- she's trying to run, and then she ends up going in this room that has one entrance and finds the only person-sized locker with a hole in it, thinking I'm gonna hide in here. He won't find me when he clearly saw her go in there. But anyway, he's kind of going up and, you know, he's fucking his hair, being all pretty. And, um, you know, she's kind of like freaking out in the thing. And he's, it shows like the hole and just his face twirling the hair. And then Mr. Mike, who was hit with the hammer, um, the I, second um, rat poison guy or rat whatever bomber guy, uh, is his partner decides to show up because rat Mike, control backup yeah because mike hasn't answered his phone given the fact that he was hit in the face with a hammer so he's out front honking his horn or back whatever because he can't get in and then of course art hears this and he's like oh and then he kind of takes off which should have been her chance to run yep but now let's hang out in this closet we're fine yes this, this locker if you will yes uh so kind of cuts the um, second, I don't think he had a name because like no one talked to him, right? I don't think he had a name, to my knowledge. I think he was just like uh, I don't recall. Rat pet pest backup guy uh, finds a might have called himself Steve. It was like something, ba- something it's, 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 basic. Yeah, yeah. It was some basic name if it was anything. Uh, he finds a key under the the mattress, which or the um doormat, which is weird for an apartment, but whatever. So he goes in the back door and he's looking around and he finds a doll on the ground. Which this his like, what, maybe four minutes of screen time, he gets knifed in the back, and then his head removed with that same knife. So that's it for him. Yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, while this is going on, the sister, um, Victoria, instead of keeping the sister, we'll give her there. Waits patiently name. in this closet <laughs> for a little while. Yeah, and then she <laughs> ends up kind of going out. Um. It's like, wait a minute, and there's noises keep, out there now. Let's go out and now. She, she keeps like she keeps calling the phone because she thinks Don and you know her sister is somewhere. She has the phone which is placed next to Don, who's still hanging upside down, cut in half. So she kinda sees that and is all freaked out by that. When for some reason Art comes up with a cat of nine tails, which is like a weird like makeshift one. It's got like nails on it. Like little medical scissors. Yeah, it's weird, and what seems like forever just keeps hitting her with it. It just starts like slinging this thing around, and like he's got the sharpest blades in this thing because it's going through everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Pant legs and legs and arms and yeah. Uh, Then Mike, who was knocked out, saves the day with his pest control poison. I don't know keg. Yep. And then bonks him on the back of the head. Grabs her and they start running. Unconscious Ag- bad guy number again, two. Again, exactly. <laughs> just sitting there. I got two people who could fuck him up, but nope. So we're gonna just run. That was probably enough. <laughs> that one shot. It's fine. Um, ends up finding her sister. Oh no, that's not yet. I apologize. Um, so they're trying to get to the door, and he they go into like his office or a office of some sort with a chair and one phone. Yeah, it was like a like some kind of faculty or employee room or something. Yeah. 
and it has like this one landline <laughs> and he has like the weirdest conversation like with like the with dispatch the people because he's like it's like I have somebody here that needs like medical attention like we need an ambulance yeah. and police She's like right now shock. and then this psycho blah 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 et cetera et cetera et cetera, et cetera and he wasn't getting the responses apparently that he wanted he's like screw this I'm out of here I'm taking this girl to the emergency room send the police right now so, and, and an ambulance so the conversation started. It was like, I need an ambulance, and like we have a psycho. Like we're like stuck in here, and it ended with, "Fuck this! I'm getting out of here. I'm bringing this girl to the emergency yeah, room." It seemed like a pointless thing. Like it was a. It weird, was. It was a reason to leave the room they were in. Because probably if they just stayed in that room and one, locked it, it would have been fine. Right, a weird one-sided argument. Because she was going in the shock, and I think that was like the thing, and whatever. Yeah, she's like tweaking mm-hmm. out, man. So he grabs her, and they go outside, and of course the door here is chained with like another lock, of course, because why not? Uh, from the inside, and while she, you know they're just kind of like freaking out a little bit, looking around, not sure what to do, he goes down to try to find another way, and the same rat poison keg in which was smashed against Art's head, Art now has, and is smashed against Mike's head and knocks him out, or probably kills him. It doesn't really say. See, I find Art to be a very eye for eye kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems to like kind of like full circle a lot of stuff. Yeah, so like if you hit me with something, I'm probably gonna murder you with it. Cause I'm, oh yeah, no, because he kept smashing him, and then he stepped on his face with his big clown shoes. Yeah, and, uh, and like the, at this face. point, like uh, apparently Mike had a uh, grape for a head. <laughs> well, only the last kick because it was like nothing, nothing, squish. <laughs> <laughs> it was very interesting. <laughs> he softened him up. Yeah, because it was like small head injury, and then a cheek slice, and then smush. <laughs> it was very weird. There was no, no. It's very quick. yeah. He went from like headache to concussion <clears throat> to laceration to dead. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so she finds, I think it was like a metal pipe, and just starts swinging at the lock. Yeah. And then pretty much she ends steel up... Steel on steel, this <clears throat> works every time. Yeah, and then ended up breaking said lock, and then, you know, we kind of grab his little cat and mouse back and forth, the struggle, trying to get out of this. She goes out and she finds... Oh, she hits him, I think. Was No, she finds something and stabs him again. Oh, she got him in the eye, remember? She stabbed yep. him in the eye. Which and is probably why all <clears throat> subsequent characters have no eyeballs now. Yeah, right. Because eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. Like this guy, I'm telling you, this guy is thorough. Uh, so, uh, finally gets out, finds his sister's corpse, which the face is no longer there because of all the times he shot in the face. With the gun that doesn't do that, whatever. Uh, kind of does like a thing there, hears noises, and goes to like another door that says keep out because that will stop him. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> sneaks her way in there, and is just, like, hanging out. And then Art, I guess, grabbed the guy's pickup truck that the guy showed up in, and just plows through the door, which, uh, essentially kind of, you know, further injury. This woman's been through a lot of shit so far. And at that point, you hear the police, you know, sirens wooing in the back, and the lights. And he just starts eating her face. Yeah, just like random, like after he hits her, he's just like he's just like, like leaning down, like just chomping on it, like yum 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 yum. And mind you, she's still alive, quote unquote. Yeah, she's like unconscious. So mm-hmm. like when like the the police like show up, like they're like, oh my god, that guy's like eating that girl's face right now. Yeah, and then yeah, it's like yeah, why don't we fucking shoot him or something, yep. and then like. Yeah, so essentially the the two two officers behind him, you know, like you know, we'll shoot, blah 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 blah. And you can see slowly reaching into his pant or his shoe holder, hold shoe slot, mm-hmm. and he's got the the pistol down there, 
He goes to turn, but instead of shooting them, puts it in his mouth. Boom. Bye-bye back of head. And this one went right through. Oh, yeah. Like, projectile yep. brainage. Yep. Like, everywhere. Like, it, it like didn't get stopped by no cheekbone this time. Nope. Probably once you get by the cheekbone, this thing is dead. The brain deep. is a lot squishier, evidently. Uh, so, that's pretty much how that ends. And then, um, the guy actually, I think one of the officers says that she's still alive. It's like, oh my god, this girl's still alive. Yeah. Uh, so, kind of goes, like, black whatever, next scene. It's like, it looks like it's going in a morgue, and they're just pushing bodies through, and this guy's very upset. The stupidest morgue character ever. He's very upset that he has to do his job. He's, like, eating a sandwich. Like, they try... They tried doing that, like, hard-ass morgue guy. Yeah. Which there's no such thing as a hard-ass morgue guy. They're all just crazy. You, you do. <laughs> I would assume. You have to be. You have you, to be. You have to be some kind of tap to be able to do that shit. So, after some banter back and forth, uh, it kind of goes through the different bodies, and he finds the... He opens the, the guy, right, Mike? I think. And he's got the smashed-in face. Yep. And then goes over to the... Uh, what Opens it up and... Uh, Clown art is there, his body, you know, blown out head, eyeball missing from the knife. And then, which me personally, is the most rushed, um, like, ending. Like, way to, like, cliffhanger to another one. I think it's, I just feel it's very unoriginal and very just like, we'll just do this and end it kind of thing. Well, you have to think of like their special effects ability. So like, we just Turn have to, we, we got to make, we got to like strobe light, like these lights, like all of a sudden everyone's like, whoa, right. what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And all of a sudden he's alive and, yep. <laughs> and he chokes him out. And you are the first victim of the next movie. Yep. So evidently he reanimates somehow. After completely blowing his central yep. nervous system to 100 pieces. Yep. Uh, so, after that, you know, one year later, and Vicky is released from the hospital after her rehabilitation. Her parents the are there. Injuries, yeah. Parents are there, very excited. Yep. And then, they're talking to her, saying blah, 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 blah. She's in a wheelchair, it doesn't show her face. And then they're like, okay, you know, we're going to go home. And they turn her around, and it's the same face as the lady from the opening scene. Full circle. So they gave credit to like her boyfriend, like doing like all, or like said that it was like right. he survived her boyfriend, which, you know what? I feel like there has to be some character development. Now I can admittedly say I've not seen the prior movies, the Hollows Eve or like any of the other films, but there's got to be some character development there. Like maybe like there's like some backstory where like those two actually are like an item kind of a thing, mm-hmm. because this particular movie. They int- like the talk the talk show lady introduced the villain as like her boyfriend, right. and it didn't really explain why why yeah. why is she killing people? Mm. Right, she's just mad. She's just mad because like you're pretty and I'm not, so yeah. I'm gonna start axe axe. So it makes you wonder if that's gonna be a thing this lady does. You know what I mean? So there was like there was a little like you kind of had to like kind of come up with like a little bit like of your own like character development like mm-hmm. in that sense again not knowing and like you know you horror fans will be able to correct us if you if you so please if all of this is covered in like the previous movies but kind of makes you curious it's like hmm, mm-hmm. now i do want to see the one before this right yeah, it I, makes I, you wonder i like, don't even know if it has anything to do with this one i don't know I'm not i sure. have been told on 
some authorities. Okay. I'm not gonna say good authority. <laughs> I'm gonna say some authorities <laughs> that authority. uh, that Hollow's Eve was the prequel to Terrifier. Okay, so it was okay. Well, which makes sense because I mean, art had to come from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, can't art just doesn't wake up and be brilliant that day. <laughs> right, right. Art came uh, from somewhere. Oddly enough, it's the the original or the original Hollows Eve and the other one is actually played by a different guy too. So different art technically. So yeah, first art wanted too much money on the return contract. <laughs> Vigeli. Um, Chris, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something too, but I completely lost it. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's, you know, the movie ends there. Um, again, it left on a cliffhanger, as we talked about at the beginning. There is a second one in the works. I know production has stopped because of, you know, that COV ID thing going around. Yeah, some world pandemic or, <laughs> or some, whatever. some nonsense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> that was pretty much it. What are your thoughts, Marcus? Well. Good, bad. You know, like... You have to, you have to, so, like, when you get to, like, a B-level movie, you always have to go in it, like, with, sure. like, a certain grain of salt. It's like, listen, I'm not going to see, like, a like a crazy blockbuster here. But what you have to, like, take into account is, like, like a lot of times, like, these, uh, especially, like, on the indie film side, it, there tends to be, like, a, a lot more storytelling, story, like, better writing and, you know, like, maybe not better writing, maybe mm-hmm. creative writing, like, sure. would be, like, the word for it. And... A lot of creativity, like with the means that they have. Like we I don't think have the we, mainstream getting involved. Like I thought, I thought we said earlier that the uh, the budget for this film was like a hundred thousand yep. dollars. Which after you get all the equipment, you don't have a lot left. No. Like, I mean, as far I, as that goes, I, like in the story aspect of this, like there was not a lot of dialogue. You know, I can like story wise, I can cut banter. this movie into two halves. I can cut this movie into victims and um, uh, predators. Uh, what the hell's the word on? Oh my god! I hate it when my brain shuts off like mid sentence, and I can't think of the word. Um, but victims and um, and, and bad guys. Predator, for, prey, kind of deal. For 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 lack of for be- lack of victim, better terms. Murderer. Victim. I I didn't think the victims in this movie were very good. Okay. Like it was like, eh, whatever. Like you know, like when you get the eh. Well, they they were. Or like when your friends like three quarters away being like V shaped in half, <laughs> and you're like, no, please stop, yeah, stop, don't hurt her. I mean, all these. As like she's hurt. All these actors and actresses are, are they seem to either either come from like small like shorts, but no actual like full blown movies. I sure. think the only big big one, but I don't even say big, was the girl who played Dawn, which is weird, but she was actually in a full length movie. Okay. As a side part, but still. So yeah, the victims in this movies, but the villains in these movies, like art. I mean, he makes was was great. Mm-hmm. And what makes art great, like there was that one scene where like she's like hiding behind a car, and like he decides not to chase her anymore, and he just starts riding around on his like little oh, tricycle. I, you know what? I missed the tricycle part. I completely forgot. Like he's about just that. like da 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 whatever. That part was like, hilarious. Like happiest happiest look on his face. In the shit. Remember like, he kept like knocking in the walls and falling over, and he's getting mad at it. Yeah, he's like six foot eight, and he's on like a freaking like little tiny ass tricycle. Mm-hmm, like so a child's he's tricycle. like, yeah, like that's cool. Like uh, you know, and he's got the horn and he's honking at like, her. squirrel. <laughs> no, like, yeah, because then at the remember at the the end when she goes in that room and he can't reach her before the truck comes through, he's got the horn and he's reaching through with the horn and he's honking at her, honking <laughs> at her face. Full circle, full circle. So, like you said, so. The villains in this movie were fantastic. And the thing is, it required no dialogue. It's all pantomiming. No, it's all visual. Mm-hmm. It's 
what my boss ex- describes me as uh, dead eyes. <laughs> like when he tells me to do something, I just blankly stare at him. I was mm-hmm. like, put your fucking dead eyes away. You know exactly what I'm telling you to do. Go do it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll close my eyes. So villains good, victims meh. Yeah, I mean, like they, they were dispendable. And, oh, they were definitely dispendable. You know, I mean, they, they they definitely, not even in like the idea behind it, they actually were dispended. You know what I mean? Right. So, the 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 character that had probably fewer fewer if not zero lines compared to like all of them was what made this movie. Yeah, and and the cinematography was a huge thing too, and just the different, you know, camera angles and the wide shots and whatnot. I think that made made it a little more appealing to the eye. Yeah, it's lighting and angles. And it, like had, it had like a grindhouse kind of feel. You know what I mean? It, it was it wasn't like like crystal clear it was grimy it was that you know it was that that 80s 90s slasher style like that's what they went for you know it's refreshing too because like coming from like 2016 because like we went through like a an era where like horror movies actually got bad because like, there was too much electronic like yeah, that computer the, generated like it's not believable anymore mm-hmm. it's like well it's more believable like when like some gnarly dude is actually like breaking through like closet doors and like hitting you with sharp objects mm-hmm. and like you're actually going down and bleeding. <laughs> like I mean me personally I'm not like my type of horror is usually more paranormal. I'm not a big fan of the the real person with a real weapon. Like to me it's just it's a whole different thing. That's how I feel. But I think this one had enough creepy imagery and the kind of twists and turns that they had kind of through it, I think that's what made it a lot better to follow. Sure. It kept you interested. Sure. You know what I mean? And that, I think, coming from being just a slasher film, kind of gave it, without going too crazy, and like we said at the beginning, it's it's very, like, cut and, cut and dry. You know what I mean? There's no nothing crazy. There's no story that doesn't make sense. There's just what happens, and that's it. It's just a timeline that you follow. Pretty, you're right. You know like I mean? We're going to introduce no... you to these two main characters, yep. and we are going to show you their horrible demise, mm-hmm. and then what happened like when they drag like another poor character right. in who exactly. gets to be the lead in the next movie, exactly. probably. Um, myself, I mean, like I said, I, I've kind of pointed out, I enjoyed it. It's a fresh look. Um, indie films are always neat because they always, like you brought up earlier, there's a lot more creativeness behind them because they don't follow that mainstream kind of big producer you know 600 oh, absolutely. people you know what i mean and it's there's just... a lot to be said about that like i've actually watched like even like shows that kind of depict like the indie artists like up and coming like kind of a thing and like that's like one of the things it's like these big production companies like well you know whoever is on the like, top level and you have to like try to sell them a movie and they're not going to take it unless it has X amount of this, X amount of this, X amount of this. Right. Usually meaning boob, action, and Pretty much. Sus- suspense where, you know, these indie guys can actually, like, produce their, their stuff. Like, mm-hmm. how they wrote it, how right. they envisioned exactly. it, and kind of a thing. So, the, the, there tends to be a lot of creativity. That's why indie films are so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, and and the whole, like, clown idea, it, it's one of those things, like, it's been done over and over again. But this one was a little different, I feel. I feel there was a different take on it. And it's such an easy easy cliche because, it, 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 like, the whole clown thing, like, you can probably take 30% of the population that actually has, like, a fear already in place <laughs> for that. Yeah, exactly. So you don't even have to necessarily build that, like, pent-up, like, mm-hmm. desire to, like, want to hate this villain right. because it's like, I know 30% of you out there are already terrified of this guy just because he showed up <laughs> with, he like, a, like a little a tiny, tiny hat. top hat. Yep. yep. 
and the creepy ass like big smile and like whatnot, like the wires and whatnot that they would have did for like the uh, the the makeup effect, mm-hmm. like was fantastic. Like, and and because it was also believable. Not to me right. to cut you off. It's it's also believable. Like he wasn't so paranormal where it's like that that can't happen. It was like mm-hmm. no, I could actually. I think I know a guy that looks like that. <laughs> and if he painted his face white, I'd probably run away screaming now. <laughs> uh, they did follow, and not to nerd myself out in my um, horror, true crime knowledge here, but when when you have a clown, um, what the face paint shows the type of emotion it's trying to send. So when you have a normal happy clown, everything's rounded. The mouth is rounded. All the eye paint is rounded. When you have someone, and this goes back to like John Wayne Gacy, when he had Bobo the Clown, it was all sharp triangles and sharp edges. That shows a more murderous kind of ill intent. And Art had the sharp eyes, diamonds in the eyes. I'd never put any of that together before. If you ever look at any of like the bad clowns, they always (sighs) have sharp points in their makeup. No wonder people are terrified of clowns. Now Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. So if you see a clown with sharp edges, run away. I'm onto you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You. <laughs> um, Better round off those corners. Better get yourself to a Wendy's. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Wendy's. No McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. That clown has killed more people than you know. <laughs> yeah, we think this movie's bad. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You've seen Super Size Me? Uh, uh, anyway. Uh, so, on this podcast, we have a five or out of five brain score. I mean, it brains. Brains. <laughs> Brains. Zombie, zombie sold separately. Uh, this movie, as as a reading, um, myself, um, I would give it a four. I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, I was I never at one point I wasn't bored with it. Like it, I a lot of horror movies, and to go on another tangent here, there's so much story building that it's some a lot of points you just don't care anymore, and it's so long to get anything going. Yeah, I, I don't like, even know about your sister's cousin that yeah. knew this guy, that knew this guy, and we're gonna just kill him off in the first four minutes and right. then get back to the main storyline. Like you anymore. don't, a lot of movies they don't start any actual action until two thirds of the way through. You know what I mean? This one, I mean, within the first scene there was a death, and then within even the second scene where like you didn't get introduced to the characters, the clown was there instantly. Yeah, like there was no beating around it; they just went for it. Yeah, they came to the party. Yep. So. I, I would give it a four out of five. Okay. I'm going to go right down the very middle of this one. Two and a I'm, half? I'm going to say 2.5. Okay. 2.5 brains. Sure. Sure. Mainly because of the half and half. Like I said, if you had better if you had better victims to go with your yep. awesome villain, we got, we're got we on to something here. But yep. the uh, the dumb, ditzy, slutty blonde, the uh, over... Everybody's stereotypes are like covered in this one. Yeah, no, like you're not right. the the poison guy that like talks in like a weird New York accent. That's like a like a little Boston in it and has no good ideas ever. You got the uh, the the well-to-do brunette that's like trying to keep control of the situation. The slutty blonde that's like taking selfies with creepy clowns <laughs> and calling people over and saying how cute they are. Like I said, the the victims were pretty were pretty poor. Yeah. Pretty, pretty piss poor. Mm-hmm. But villains, villains are great. Mm-hmm. Great, 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 great villains. So half a good movie, half a good rating. Two, five. That's fair. That's a very fair thing. I also felt in this movie as well that sometimes you kind of root for art a little bit. Like you're like, yeah, like go for it. 
Like, that guy sucks. It's like, dude, do something cool on your mm. tricycle, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, you kind of have, you're not just like, wow, that guy's a dick. Like, he has, like, something you kind of. Let's cut some fingers off with some right. tricycle spokes. Right, exactly. <sighs> Last thing I wanted to bring up, I wanted to throw a little of uh, my nerdy um, serial killer knowledge into this and kind of ask you, and, and I'll give my own opinion. Yeah, drop so, some education on yeah, you. So, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. So, when it comes to serial killers, there's four types of killers. If anyone knows, anyone follows true crime podcasts, whatnot, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, the first one is the hedonistic killer which usually they get some kind of thriller rush from it or sexual pleasure. Give, uh, a.k.a. Jeffrey Dahmer yeah, was a big sexual one. Sexual release from and, gutting that person. And, and eating them, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, so the next one is a, a power control killer, which um, obviously having control, kind of gaining power over them, being the bigger person, making them feel small, kind of like a Ted Bundy, because he always went after women, being a man, being like, quote-unquote, the bigger power or whatever. That was the idea behind that. Uh, third one is a mission-oriented killer, which they usually kind of seek revenge or eliminate a certain group. Uh, the one I have on hand is Joseph Paul Frank. If we don't know about him, he actually ended up killing uh, 12 um, African-American men who had white girlfriends because he didn't believe in interracial. Sure. And in his mind, he thought that was something to eliminate. The uh, the last one is a visionary killer. Hand of God compels you. Yeah. Uh, which is a kind of partially going into psychosis where you have these illusions or like God told me to do this or the voices told me to do this. Sure. That kind of killer. So those are your four. Now my question here to you, Marcus, yep. is what kind of killer do you feel art would be? I know there's not a lot of backstory, but No, no, but you know what, like just uh, just seeing the actions. So the my first instinct would have would have actually been um the the visionary. However, the more I think about it, like it would, like the more you kind of like get described the visionary killer kind of a thing. I actually think this is more of a Jeff Le- uh, Jeffrey Dahmer situation with the uh, head- hedonistic because like he's actually he's enjoying it. Like he's getting the certain pleasures, like whether it be the actual desire to eat said person mm-hmm. or the wear said person or to you know. Like there, there's I th- it, if it it seemed like a pleasure thing to me, so mm-hmm. like I feel like he was he was kind of reenacting his own fantasies with like all of these deaths in like a, a different sure. way. Sure. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I agree a hundred percent. I think that's the one I would have gone with as well. Not so much on the sexual pleasure aspect because I don't think there was any sexual release for him. You know what though? It was sexual curiosity though, because he was Maybe. walking around with a set of breasts. That's true. That's true. Um, but definitely the thrill rush. Just or like at least a horrible it. Marilyn Manson concert. <laughs> the attempted <laughs> one, yes. But yeah, I think that I think that 100% would be... I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer alone, being the fact that he ate people, fills that role as well. Yeah, I think that would be our, our choice for the hedonistic killer. Hedon bastard. Um, if you guys think differently, you know. Yeah, that's We have I mean. a Twitter. You that's know, a- we have an email. Send us your thoughts. Let us know what you think. Our email would be hmoa6pack at gmail.com. That's a different email, my friend. Different. I forget. We're not, we're not doing that. <sighs> so confusing being somebody else. Horror Babe of the Month. If I'm not mistaken, I believe this is called Horror Babe of the Month. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, for the second dimensional version, this will probably be our horror babe ever. Yep. But, <clears throat> but I'm actually very excited to present to you the horror babe of the month that we have actually selected, the fabulous Ms. Jennifer Tilly. Fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Jennifer Tilly, this actually blew me away a little bit like when I looked this up because I didn't realize how old Ms. Tilly is. She's been around for a while. Jennifer Tilly, born Jennifer Ellen Chan, September 16th, 1958. I did some quick math in my head. That makes her 62. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. 62. But you know what? The thing about Jennifer Tilly that's, like, so fabulous is, like, she has, like, that classic 1980s, like, just sex appeal. Like, right. she's, like, she's, like, young Madonna, pretty much, but, like, maybe cooler. Because not only of her very vast film and movie career mm-hmm. was the beautiful Jennifer Tilly, a professional World Series of Poker bracelet-winning poker player. Yeah, that's weird, right? Which... Just makes her so attractive to me. <laughs> well, you're like poker man of the world, so like. So like when she's like eighty something and like she just needs some sweet old lady love. <laughs> you got it right. Just and like <laughs> I'll I'll just swoop right in there and like just you know gamble her away. <clears throat> uh, her acting career uh, can uh, huge pretty much. My goodness, mm-hmm. her acting career like it. As Anthony just said, completely huge. Like she's in like a ton of stuff, dating back all the way to 1983. Uh, to the horror fan community, she is most recognized as Tiffany Valentine in the Child's Play franchise starting in 1998. Um, a role for which she is recognized as an icon in the horror film community. Just to go back, in 1983, she had small roles, had a recurring guest role on Hill Street Blues. Um, she appeared at Gary's Girlfriend and It's Gary Shandling Show, which aired on Showtime. Uh, she was also cast as a high-end prostitute on short-lived comedy Key West. Okay. Uh, many uh, XNXX or Red Tube uh, people will know her from her uh, role in Bound, where she had a lesbian relationship with her character with the fabulous Gina Gershon. Fabulous. Fabulous. But <clears throat> also played Samantha Cole in Jim Carrey's comedy Liar Liar. Liar Liar, that's right. <laughs> She's done everything. She's all over the place. Oh god, she's all over the place. She she has a shit ton of kids uh, like uh kids movies and like whatnot yeah. that she was involved with. But the one that and I'm screwing up my screen as I'm reading it. Killing me softly. She was in Stuart Little. I didn't know that. She played a voice, but still. Interesting. That's very interesting. She played herself in The Muse. In The Muse, sorry. So, additional popularity was gained, and again, since this is a uh, this is a horror podcast, uh, let's talk about her portrayal of serial killer Tiffany Valentine in several of the Child's Play horror movie yeah. series. Yep. The character was first introduced in the fourth installment of the franchise, Bride of Chucky, 1998, <clears throat> and subsequently appeared in Seed of Chucky, 2004. Curse of Chucky, 2013, and most recently, didn't even know this was out, Cult of Chucky, 2017. That was direct-to-video, yeah. Um, In Seed of Chucky, she plays a dual role, providing the voice of Tiffany, and also playing an exaggerated version of herself. Yes. Yep. 
performance earned her nominations for the Fangoria Chainsaw Award for Best Actress yeah. and the MTV Movie Movie Award for Best Scare the Shit Performance. <laughs> hey man, if you're gonna be good at something, yes. <laughs> This is funny. So not only fabulous in real life, but fabulous as like a plastic rubber doll. Right? Yeah, because she played the voice of his wife, bride, if you must. But like overall, like a, a outstanding human being. I actually enjoy seeing like her presence in like almost every movie that she's ever been in. Um, World Series of Poker. She is actually known for her very elaborate outfits and very tight-fitting sweaters. <laughs> yes. With uh, with much cleavage yes. to be found at like of said course. final table. You have to. And again, XNXX search Jennifer Tilly like it'll bring you right to the uh, the the lesbian scene with Gina Gershon. Yes. So as far as horror babe, absolutely. Oh yeah, she's one of the iconic ones. Like absolutely. Mm-hmm. She's I mean she's iconic on her own, but like the fact that she w- jumped in on the bride of like the the Chucky mm-hmm. series and kept with her too, and the she child's mm-hmm. the child's place. Mm-hmm. You know what? I bet she had fun with it. She's like, hey, this is fun. I'll do this. Yeah, why the hell not? Hey, this is great. Yeah, for sure. She's uh looks like fifteen awards she was nominated for, and she won what looks like five. Oh, oh, there was a fun fact I was gonna bring up. You actually just reminded me of that. So You're more welcome. personal more personal dating life scenarios. She I have to find it. I'm so sorry, listening audience. Here it was. Tilly was married to Sam Simon. If that name doesn't ring a bell to you, Sam Simon was a developer and producer of The Simpsons oh, yeah, from no 1984 shit. to 1991. That's Since then, <clears throat> uh, she's actually in a relationship with professional poker player Phil Locke. Of course she's in since, professional poker that's, player. Since 2004, Phil Locke, who is actually a very famous uh, TV poker player, he is actually known as the Unabomber because he wears the sunglasses and hooded sweatshirt at uh, all of his... Games that he uh, he appears in. Interesting. He also sucks too. He gets like bounced by just about <laughs> he everybody. Also, kind of sucks. But I enjoy his uh, I, I enjoy his personality. Kind of reminds me of myself. Born loser. Sorry, Phil. Um, <laughs> but that is the fabulous Jennifer Tilly. Huh. Interesting. That's cool though. There's a lot of stuff like you don't know until you really look into it. You know what I mean? I always just thought Chucky. So, like I never really like. Delved into it. Not even gonna lie, when we you gave you gave me two options for this show, and the first thing I was like, eh. and then you said Jennifer Tilly. I said mm-hmm. yes. Like I saw that, I'm like, that's the one. <laughs> right off the bat, click. That's the Thank one. Thank you to my my uh, my better half for. Thank you, Rachel. Those. It's very intelligent of you. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, too, like that. Boom. It's like sure. Rachel might not want to admit it, but me and her are like at the <laughs> same level more than she wants to. No, she does it for a lot of people. More than she wants to believe. Pretty much. Or at least admit. But in either case, I think we do okay. Not bad for our. This alternate universe has been fun. episode. Yeah. We're different here. A little something We're different. We're different people here. And more. And more. What? <laughs> All right, we'll probably uh, I'll probably fill in some credits after I get some better information, yeah. and can actually give them right about meow.
What's up, guys? As promised, I just wanted to give you some information on the uh, the podcast that we took over today. It is called Fans of the Dead. Uh, you can find them on iTunes. You can find them on Spotify. They're also on the same host site as us on uh, Heavy Metal Over a Six Pack Podcast with Podomatic. Uh, Fans of the Dead is a new podcast where they simply talk about their favorite genre of movies, which is a horror genre. Each movie will get a brain rating. Uh, make sure you go find these guys, subscribe to these guys, leave ratings, the whole nine yards. You can actually send direct email to this podcast, fans of the dead podcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you for listening to the fans because we are the fans of the dead, and so are you. Alternate universes are fun. They can be. And as per usual, have fun, be safe. Bye.